What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here for another edition of Rabbit Hole Recap. A day late this week. Sorry, freaks. Matt was uh, traveling the world. It's because Alex Svetsky complained of all the podcast content, so we delayed it for you guys. He was complaining? Yeah, I saw him complaining on Twitter. No, yeah, it, a lot of traveling, and I wanted to get back up to speed with things before we jump back into RHR. Before we jump into RHR, let's talk about why you were traveling, if you're allowed to elaborate. I, I think I am a little bit. Um, but I, uh, I was in San Francisco. I was helping out with the Human Rights Foundation. Uh, they had like this amazing group of, I guess they call them fellows, but they're activists um, from all these different countries. And we gave them like a Bitcoin 101 workshop. And it was like, true, it was truly humbling. Like they were amazing people. Yeah, it sounded like a, an incredible event, Alex, really. Trying to get the technology out there. Were, uh, were they receptive? They were very receptive. I mean, a lot of them have like bank accounts frozen. Uh, their communications are watched. Uh, I mean, like I can't, like, we talk about, you know, financial censorship all the time. Like these people live it. Uh, and they're fighters, and it's really impressive. And so, I mean, it wasn't the the value to it to them was obvious to begin with, I, I think. Um, and we like showed them like the best practices, like as a beginner. Um, you know, we were walking them through using Green Wallet with Tor. Um, they all got given Ledger wallets. Uh, but like doing it in a responsible way, there's, it's just really. Yeah, you said it highlighted some pain points. Oh my God, man. It is really so frustrating. There's so much nuance and there's so many different privacy concerns. Like the way, like privacy was, the, there was two, right? It was spending Bitcoin. Like how do they actually use it once they have it? Um, and it was all the different privacy trade-offs and to be aware of them and how they could shoot themselves in the foot. Um, so like basically uh, my main pitch was to just use cash as much as possible. But the idea was like, if you can't use cash, mainly like donations from abroad, um, Bitcoin is really well suited for that. And I think specifically BTC pay is really well suited for that. Um, but this was like, you know, like we, how do you, you then you going out to the BTC pay conversation takes up a whole nother level. Um, and I, I think BTC pay will get even easier to use in like six months, seven months, um, so hopefully it'll be like an ongoing discussion. Um, but like stuff like, yeah, the, the privacy I think was like, so that was the second biggest concern. I mean, how do you, um, explain to someone who has never used Bitcoin before, uh, just go from zero to 60 all the way that quickly. Yeah. So we just tried to make them aware of as many risks as possible. Um, doing you know basically the entry into the discussion not to like just jump all in yeah um but then the other thing to keep in mind is like these people like they need to use it in real situations um they have individual threat models right so uh for some of them they didn't care like if the u.s government could spy on it as long as their local government couldn't um so you have to like localize things and it was a very humbling experience i mean this is i think why I think Bitcoin is so powerful, right? So um, it's just really amazing to like be there and be a part of that. Yeah, it sounded like a great event. Yeah. Again, shout out to Alex for putting that together. Yeah, Alex Gladstone. And you for Human traveling. Rights Foundation. And, I was, uh, spending your time to, to help also, educate. And Square hosted. Shout out to Square as well. Yeah. Speaking of Square, have you freaks know about the Cash App? 
<laughs> As you know, Cash App is the simplest way to spend, send, and save money. And now it's the simplest way to try to grow your money. Introducing Cash App Investing. Unlike s- investing tools that only let you buy entire shares of a stock, Cash App is letting you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way, when you want your favorite company's stock and it's just a little too expensive, you can still own as little uh, as $1 of that stock. Because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account. There are no four to five day waiting periods uh, for inbound transfers, so you can start investing today. And guess what? You can still stack sets, motherfuckers. All right? If you don't want to stack stocks, you don't have to. The option is there. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square, and member SIPC. And as always, use the code stacking sats. That's one word. Stacking sats. You're going to get $10. And Cash App is going to send $10 to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. All right. Uh, use the code stacking sats. And that wasn't planned. Marty just threw that in there. Yeah, I had to use the segue when you threw it there. Yeah. Shout out to Square for uh, for hosting that event. We had to get it out of the way. I know. You, you did it. It was impressive. You know what else we have to get out of the way? This one. There you this go. This episode is also brought to you by Unchained Capital, our good friends at Unchained Capital, providing financial services dedicated for Bitcoiners. All right. They're helping you secure your Bitcoin with their multi-sig quorum, their vault program. You can engage in a multi-sig quorum with Unchained. They will hold one key for you. Uh, you can hold two or more. You can N of M. You can get into weird, uh, not weird, complex uh, signature schemes with them. Uh, and if you ever need them to sign for you, they are there for you. But you don't need them. You can sign it yourself and move it off. On top of that, uh, they have their loan program. If you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, you can take out a U.S. dollar loan with Bitcoin as collateral. So you can hold on to that Bitcoin while you get some liquidity. And then on top of that, our good friends at Unchained are beast in the open source realm. Uh, working on things like Caravan, which open sources their multi-sig quorum, so you can make it yourself without them. Uh, Slip 39 uh, and Hermit. And on top of that, they just released it this week. Uh, they updated uh, Caravan with some new UX flows. So go check that out. www.unchained-capital.com Unchained-capital.com Sorry for throwing that on you. We're just going to stare at each other. Do we have another ad? No, that was it. Okay, awesome. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready now. Yeah, we're ready now. Uh, before we hop into the topics of the day, let's pull up Clark Moody's um, stats here. The price. Was that Bitcoin.ClarkMoody.com? Bitcoin.Clark. Bitcoin.ClarkMoody.com slash dashboard. Right now we're looking at a price of $8,907. A uh, little, bit, little bit of a pump this week. We're at block height 613307 we had a difficulty adjustment this week, and the difficulty adjusted uh, 7.1% upwards, and we're 1,573 blocks away from the next adjustment. And what's the tour percentage? Tour percentage right now is uh, 38.5% of the Lightning Network nodes. It's gone down slightly. Yes, I believe it was around 40 last week. Yeah. Keep uh, an eye on it, freaks. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, well, it's a good segue into what will now be our first topic. Uh, team at BitMax Research dropped a research piece on Sunday, I believe, um, about the Lightning Network, and they uh, found that there were over 60,000 non-cooperative channel closures, and what this led them to believe is that there are a lot more private channels than people uh, may, uh, may know at any, uh, at right now. Because it just seemed too high if it was only the public channels that yes. were doing it? Yes, yes. Um, that's the gist of it. So Lightning... Excuse me. Bitmax Research has uh, a very extensive series on the Lightning Network. This was part six of them uh, doing 
this research. So the main findings that the number of Lightning Network non-cooperative channel closures in Bitcoin's history is over 60,000. Over 1,000 Bitcoin has been spent in non-cooperative channel closure transactions. Um, and again, uh, the conclusion that is coming out of this research is that there are a lot of private channels, apparently. It's good to see, right? This is something we've speculated about for a while. Um, a lot of the mobile apps default to private channels. It is kind of interesting. Do they talk about, I, I like, didn't really read this. Um, do they talk about the fact that there, why, why are so many people doing cooperative, why aren't they doing cooperative closes? Why are they doing uh, forced closes? Uh, I think it's, I think uh, the reason was because, I don't know, you can't really know, right? I would imagine it's just because people don't really communicate with the other people they're open channels with. Yeah, I mean, if they're both online, it should be a cooperative close. Yeah. You just press the button. Okay, so... Uh, so maybe it's a mobile app issue. I don't know. I don't analysis know. is challenging. It's difficult to tell with absolute certainty if these are lightning transactions. However, it is possible to directly identify these transactions as lightning with a reasonable degree of certainty. The transaction may be characterized as a non-cooperative closure more oh, accurately why. when the output of the transaction is redeemed during the sweeping of the funds following a channel closure. So uh, all lightning channel open and closes are two of two multi-sig transactions, yeah. but you can more clearly see the non-cooperative closes than you can. Yeah, so in the event of a non-cooperative channel closure, the transaction can potentially be followed by three types of scenarios, two of which represent a sweep transaction using Bitcoin's op-if script. Uh, identifying these op-if sweep transactions with a relatively high degree of certainty is possible by not analyzing the blockchain. So it's easier to track. They know they, they're tracking that, so they extrapolate. Because I was wondering why no one had been doing two of two multi-sig. Uh, and basically tracking private channels that way. But I guess there are like a decent amount of other users using two of two multi-sig. I mean, at least Block Green Wallet is. Yeah. 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 I don't know how many people actually use Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. There's some good diagrams in there too. We're going to link. Bitmix research, great as always. Yeah, they had a, they actually had another research piece that we don't have the list. On the list, it was actually a guest post by John Attack, I believe. He was a Bitcoin maintainer. Talking about the the uh, Bitcoin's build systems becoming more efficient over time, and the the time it takes for Bitcoin to compile its build system is been cut down significantly. As, oh, that was a great piece. I remember that piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is here that Tor percentage is for public capacity that we were talking about earlier. Um, so obviously, all the private channels aren't included in that percentage. Uh, I assume. I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to make that assumption. I was going to make an assumption about how much private capacity is in Tor versus public. But I, all the mobile apps aren't, you know, none of the, I don't think any of the mobile apps are using Tor um, besides the ones that connect to a home node. Yeah, Zap. But no, Tor. besides the ones that connect to a home node, right? Yeah, yeah. Does, does, Zap, does Zap have a... I don't know if it's default, but... Does Zap have... Can you just run a Lightning wallet on your phone? Or do you need to connect to a home node? Pretty sure you need to connect to a home node. I don't know. Pretty sure. But I know like Async, like Phoenix, Breeze, none of them are using Tor, but they're all using private channels. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I imagine it would just be too hard to run Tor over your phone. No, but I mean, Greenwall runs Tor over your phone. Zap runs uh, Tor over your phone. Uh, Zeus runs Tor over your phone. But Zap and Zeus are connecting to a home node. 
Yes. And green wallet isn't lightning. So is it technically running over your phone or is it running on your node and your node? It's just using Tor to connect to your node. Oh, okay. There we go. That's and with Green Wallet, it's using Tor to connect to their node. Okay. Blockstream's node. All right. All right. Speaking of Tor, while we're on it, the Tor browser 9.0.4 has been released. What can we expect with this? It was like a critical security fix. That's why I put it in there. Make sure you guys update. Do you ever use Tor browser? Uh, I'm going to be honest here. Not too often. I feel like it's a good time to shill it. Uh, it's come a long way. It's come a long way. Uh, it works pretty fucking well. It's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be good for any kind of video streaming or any kind of high bandwidth thing, but, uh, it's just like a pretty great overall browser. Yeah. Um, it's got all the blocking built in and it's got the tour built in. You can speak to this more than I can. I mean, like, of course, like, you know, don't assume it's perfectly private, but it's, it's a huge improvement. Yeah. Especially like depends on the computer you're running it on. If you're running on windows, you know. You're running on Mac. You don't know what's going on there. You fuck up with your Linux. Yeah. Just there's always concerns, but doesn't it come uh, with Tails out of the box. Yeah, Tails is the best way to do it, right? Yeah. But like for everyday browsing, you're not gonna boot up Tails. Like it's really nice that Tor browser. You could just be using a Mac, and you can have Tor browser, and you know you open it up, and you, that's probably as private as you're gonna get on your Mac, right? Yeah. 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 It's a nice little. So that's our tour browser shill. Nice little plug. Check it out. Um, a more somber topic, but when we feel compelled to talk about, uh, we lost a, a very good Bitcoiner this week, Tomas Bloomer. Um, he's been working on Bitcoin's Rust implementation since 2012. Uh, he's also been working on a lot of SPV wallet uh, code bases as well for Bitcoin, uh, built in Rust, I believe, as, as well. And... Uh, yeah, he fought till the end. His last tweet was on Bitcoin's birthday, and it was in the midst of when he was at the tail end of his fight with cancer, his battle with cancer, and fuck, man. This is a tough loss, and he Tom, Tomas is an example of somebody who thought Bitcoin was bigger than himself and felt compelled to work for it. And his last tweet, and we'll share that in the show notes as well, was basically him showing gratitude for being able to work on the project, which was uh, that being the last message that he sent to the world on the internet is pretty powerful. Yeah. I never, I never met Tomas, but um, I was always a fan of his work. Appreciate him so much. And this one really hit me hard. I mean, I had no idea he was, you know, fuck cancer, man. Yeah. I I had no idea. Yeah. I'd never met Tomas at all, but yeah, always somebody he's been, I've been following him on Twitter for, quite a while now exactly that came out of nowhere i was not expecting that um just you gotta it's just always you know a reminder that you gotta uh, like appreciate everything you have you know yeah you only got one life freaks enjoy it enjoy it don't be an asshole make it worthwhile hold the door um rest in peace tomas we're we're thinking of you today um hard to segue out of that one we could just do a Zeus update. Yeah, Zeus. yeah. Let's just do that. Zeus released its newest version, so go update if you use Zeus on your phone. And it's and it's also on iPhone now. I didn't. I don't know when that happened, but it is on iPhone now. Yeah. So you have to do test flight to to get it on iPhone. Yeah, and uh, Evan has provided the dev signature as well. So if you want to check that before you download, make sure you're uh, getting it from the right repository. I really appreciate right how he always um, 
how he posts it is he posts it very effectively. He's got, here's my APK and here's the signature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go check that out. If you're running Zeus, definitely upgrade, test it out Let Evan and team working on that. Now need distributed team. If, uh, you have any PRs or questions or notes or anything, feedback, 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 important. I had a very good discussion with Jeremy Rubin yesterday about, uh, developing for this stuff. And it's a, it's a, for us non-developers, it can be more frustrating at times than I think we could, we really realize. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. I, uh, I would, I'm almost done with the Jamal episode on Polar, but that one's great. I think those two episodes, I'm really bummed I didn't get to sit in on those. Uh, I'm really excited to listen. Yeah, we wanted you here. You were traveling, man. Yeah, the nice thing about podcasts is, you know, it's like you are sitting in, in the yeah. room. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Jamal. I've never met Jeremy. Neither have I until yesterday, and it was, again, I was somebody else I've been following on Twitter for years now, and uh, exceeded my expectations of person. Awesome. Consummate professional. Pumped to listen. Pumped to listen. Um, and this was pretty cool. This next topic, so it got demoed at BitDevs last week, an instant VPS powered by Lightning. Uh, Andre Nevis from the Zbito team uh, uh, demoed this at BitDevs, and it's cool. You can get a... VPS stands for a uh, virtual virtual personal server. So if you're like an app developer and you want to not have uh, not be building stuff on your computer, you can whip up a virtual server using the Lightning Network. Sixty six cents an hour, I believe. We bought six hours for I believe uh, uh, a couple thousand sats. I think it was five thousand sats. We paid for six hours or something like that. Yeah, it just like instantly pops up. Yeah. I mean, like don't use it for anything. Nothing uh, critical. No critical apps or anything. Just if you want to test an idea and iterate real quickly. This will obviously be exposed on the the uh, the web server that you're hosting it on. But if again, if you don't want to overwhelm your computer with data, you can quickly spin up these personal servers in the cloud. Yeah, it's VPS's uh, private server. Private server. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, you can. It's like uh, people might know it like DigitalOcean and stuff like that, or like AWS. Yeah. Um, and this is also kind of similar to what Keto had. Yes. Launched. Yes. Um, I dig it. It's a cool use, cool use of lightning. Yeah. So go check it out. Bitclouds.sh. But as you know, as we said, don't use it for anything uh, critical or sensitive. Yeah. Don't like create wallet software and put funds on it. Because especially since they have like easy commands to launch Bitcoin D and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful with that. Um, this was big news in my opinion i didn't write about it this week I, everybody else jumped on it so i figured it was covered but liquid support has been brought to btc pay server is this big news i feel like it isn't big news i mean i was like eh eh like right if you're so that's that was a big debate like is it who's using that right like so if you're using liquid and you're and what you want to buy a cup of coffee you're in the federation and you're okay with being kyc'd um and you right just, so liquid's trust model is it's, it's basically like Ripple without the token. Yeah. It's just another option. Um, so it's, it's like a big multi-sig, and you have to trust a plurality of the... Uh, you have to trust that the Federation isn't going to fuck you or something. Like right? a, a majority of the Federation, is like an overwhelming majority, I think, Yeah, isn't going to screw you. Um, yeah, so if you already trust one of them, which is why it makes sense for exchange to exchange, uh, I just feel like the whole BTC pay thing was kind of just... Like they were able to add it into BTC Pay, so it's like good PR. Well, so 
this like, might be good for like liquid tether, right? Because that's a big, the big. Which so I'm gonna use like liquid. No, you're not gonna use liquid tether at the bodega. But to that's pay been like the stuff. big knock on tether not coming to liquid or Bitcoin, right? Is the the in uh, the lack of wallet options on the market, right? So this just provides another wallet option in my mind. But like as a Bitcoin user, right? I don't care. I'm not gonna use no, it. No, but I'm saying as a Bitcoin user. Uh, how is me and like so I, I with all this shit going on I was like I already like kind of had my preconceived notions of liquid like I said like I think it'd be good for exchanges uh, the big bottleneck is like actually to me I you know is like you can't you you can't go between chains without trusting a, a third party like you can go through sideshift AI or one of the exchanges and sideshift doesn't do KYC I guess Bitfinex doesn't do KYC, um, but they could, and they they get your information. It's like Shapeshift, you know. They're just swapping in and out. So in that case, like if you're using, if you have to download Green Wallet to get like a liquid wallet on your phone, and then you like send Lightning Bitcoin to SideShift, and then you get liquid Bitcoin. Well, you could send Lightning or Liquid. LBTC. And it, it's yeah. Sideshift, so it's like Shapeshift. They're just taking it and sending you other shit, right? And then you can get Liquid Tether that way. Like, why wouldn't you just use, like, ERC-20 Tether or something? <coughs> or, or Tron Tether? Like, why do you need... What's the difference there? Is there a difference? Mm, I, again, the difference is, for Tether specifically, that within the Federation, if you're using... Uh, liquid tether which has confidential transactions you can't be tracked when you're trading but again for this you can see the to and from address you just can't you don't know what asset it is you see the amount of the asset type you can't see the amount of the asset type. yes yes yeah. that's it yeah um, so it could be there could they could do some interesting things with like coin joins in there like i but i but you'd have to be able to move large amounts of bitcoin to and from the chain without kyc and that doesn't seem like it's possible no i don't think that's possible um but if that ever became possible then maybe liquid could have some retail you know usage but besides that i don't see um like i so what so someone what's the flow here is someone like buying tether on bitfinex and then going shopping with it yeah so i guess that would be the flow like if you have <laughs> Like if you want to use that tether at a merchant that has BTC Pay and the wallet accessible, they, I guess the the merchant would also have an account set up where they could liquidate that right away. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe the merchant, maybe they expect the merchant to use tether to like lock in some of their gains. Yeah, maybe potentially. Who knows? It's it's possible now. If they want to do it, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think it's like that big of a deal. Mm. And it definitely doesn't compete with Lightning. No, they're two different. I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, that was a debate that popped up yesterday. It definitely doesn't compete with Lightning. No, at they're all. two it's different risk models. Close. Two different risk models. Um, but again, it's just they highlight. That's the other thing. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, just you use whatever suits your needs at any given point in time. Yeah, it's all opt in. Coin joins opt in. Yeah, liquids opt in. Lightning's opt in. Segwit's opt in. Yeah, it's all opt in here, freaks. Opt out of the system. Opt into Bitcoin. Yeah. So but also, you should use Lightning and you should use CoinJoin. Yeah. Should use Segwit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that as well. And like you know, play around with Liquid if you want to play around with it. It's like I said. It's like I feel like it's Ripple without the token, and and confidential transactions, which is dope. 
Yeah, Ripple without it. The Ripple analogy's throwing me off right now. Well, because Ripple, you don't need that. The token has nothing to do with the trust model. Yeah, no. no. It's the same idea. It's a federation. Yeah. So, but they just added the token in there to get rich, right? So Liquid is like basically the same exact trust model, but without the Ripple token sitting there just, you know, minting money for shit corners. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But then they also like well, that's the, they, they, they actually care about like privacy and so they add confidential transactions yeah. and And it's just something I've been saying on this podcast since it started. Like just from a design perspective, this seems like the right way to do it. Like put push the trade offs to higher layers, right? And that's what's happening. Um some people don't like it, some people do like it. Again, it's all opt in. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. And I think the uh framing of liquid or lightning is a bad framing. Yeah, they don't compete. Yeah. There's no competition there. Yeah. Um, this was something I had no fucking idea about, and this shocked me. Cashmere hasn't had internet for 170 yeah, plus we, days. I, we haven't talked about this at all. I just, I discovered it this week, so I was like, got to put that one in there. We definitely need to talk about it. This is fucked, yeah. Um, so free freaks that don't know, and I'm not an expert on the cashmere. Um, well, it's because Modi. Modi's like fucking cracking down like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so cashmere's been a very tumultuous area oh yeah in india there's like water wars going on down there it's 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 india versus pakistan like ever since the split yes um and they meet at the border and like the military marches every day and it's very very like a lot of people worry about uh, the u.s and russia engaging in nuclear war but uh, a lot of people in the know actually freak out more about india versus pakistan uh being the insight of of nuclear war potentially um but yeah, apparently Kashmir hasn't had internet for 170 days. What the fuck? How is this not being talked about? So I guess, um, what is it? A heavy Muslim population in Kashmir that Modi's cracking down on. And part of that has been landline, cell phone access, and internet. Yeah, so the- um, and the, they say it's the longest ever in a quote-unquote democracy. And I, the reason it doesn't get reported is because Modi's our ally. <laughs> Fuck, right. Man. So the government, and apparently, the government has gradually restored landlines and SMS services were restored uh, New Year's Eve, but seven million Kashmiris uh, still do not have online access, and the longest internet sh- shutdown ever imposed on a democracy. Like you just and said. keep in mind, New Year's was when they restored it. That was like a hundred and fifty days. Yeah, that's still not good. Um, that's fucked, man. Yeah. That's why it's so important. Like all these other infrastructure projects, like mesh nets and using satellites. And yeah, it's actually not on the list, but somebody Google's blimps. I saw the uh, the Loka mesh. Uh, they've been working on that. Yeah, they have it in a nice case now. Yeah, um, you saw it naked in San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now you can plug it. You can so the Loka mesh devices you can plug in the internet connected computers and c- contribute, right? contribute to the mesh network yeah or you can receive from it yeah yeah um so they're being worked on but the like so this is an instance i, I don't think they've actually started at least i don't think they started like selling them or anything no i don't think so either. they're working on it um but it's getting closer it seems but yeah. again this cashmere instance in iran uh a few months earlier hong kong hong kong really highlight the need for alternative transaction relay networks um, fuck man I did not know Kashmir was in the dark Almost half a year At this point Yeah it, it's been effective 
right? Because those people don't have communication out. Yeah. I guess we should be talking more about cashmere. Yep. Well, it starts today. Yeah. Um, Samurai Wallet. This is a good announcement. Uh, OXT Research. So they got a a new publication coming out. Um, And they launched the first one mm -hmm. and they hired Ergo. Yeah. So the first one they did was Ergo's Plus Token. Um, But he did it. It's like prettier and better than ever. Yeah. It's like 30 page. It's like proper. Yeah. It's uh, very nice. Yeah. It's his best work yet. Yeah. Uh, Everyone should give him a follow and they should go check out. What is it? Research.oxt.me. OXT.me. Yes. And if you're not using OXT.me, it's one of my favorite block explorers. It's a very visually, uh, uh, visually pleasing, but that's not the main reason to use it. Like remember earlier this week, there was like a huge billion dollar transaction. Everybody's freaking out. OXT, uh, Loren has done such a good job with this block explorer. I was able to like go to OXT.me, check the transaction, and immediately see that it was Bitfinex wallet. Like, yeah, maybe. it does like light chain analysis. Yeah. And then they have a tool where that's what Ergo uses, the tool um, to plot transactions going through. So it, they basically, between that, they have that, and they have KYCP.org. Uh, I believe so, yes. Um, and those two together are like, the first step we've seen where regular users are getting some of the tools that the corporate users are using, like the chain analysis tools and stuff. And I think it's, it's really important. So you, so we can level the playing field. So you know what exactly you're exposing. Um, and I think what also is really cool about the space is, um, like historically the Blockstream guys and the samurai guys have always had beef. Um, and my, my two favorite sets of block explorers are blockstream.info and oxt.me slash kycp. So that's Samurai and Blockstream. And then my two favorite on-chain wallets are Blockstream Green and Samurai Wallet. <laughs> and it's just like in, so like the competition like really just helps the end user. Yeah. Yeah. Now in this, um, I'm very excited to see what they put out with this research project. More content from uh, the people building these privacy tools. Yeah, because blockstream.info also does some light chain analysis. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't like, take it as fully to the level as OXT. Um, I like blockstream, but it's clean. It's like almost like a what they do show you is like a little bit cleaner. Yeah, blockstream helps show you uh, if you overspent, uh, how yeah, much you saved, or, or if you did a self transfer. Yeah, like it knows right away, like you did a self transfer. Yeah, um, yeah. So block explorers getting more. And the reason it knows the self transfer, by the way, is because if there's no change, if you like send all. Yeah. Self-transfer. Yeah. You can... It's a heuristic. Yeah. Um, Even though Andrew was saying that Bitcoin Core tries to send all, right? Uh, like in yes, no change? Yes, yes, yes. So then it looks like a self-transfer. Interesting. Um, and then let's just stay on Samurai. We're on it right now. Like Whirlpool. Other people are freaking out about like the... Uh, Samurai having your data on their servers, like Ronin Dojo's out there now. Oh, we should talk about this. Use Dojo. Like, if you are going to use Whirlpool, you should probably be using Dojo if you don't want to trust Samurai. Yeah, I mean, Dojo is is getting easier to use. Uh, it's now on my node, uh, which is fantastic. Um, my node, like, lets you, you can set up, like, all these different services and the total price with hardware and stuff. You buy the hardware, like a Raspberry Pi 4 and an SSD and, like, little cute little cases for them so you can like design them how you want to design them and then you install the MindNode software and then you can pick which um, software packages you you put on it so you can put on stuff like btc pay mempool.space so you can view the 
uh, mempool locally uh, instead of hitting someone else block explorer electrum server um, and now samurai and dojo and then you simply pair it with your dojo and what's nice here is you could even have a friend um, you can have a friend uh, pair with your dojo they're trusting you but it's a different trust model than necessarily trusting samurai with the um, with the public keys now there is an argument that if um, if you use if if there's users that aren't using Dojo and they're in the mix with you and Samurai knows their pub keys, then they can by process of elimination hurt regular Dojo users. Um, so the talk back and forth is like, do you have full Dojo pools or do you have do you allow non Dojo users in? And one of the reasons why it's so important to give non-Dojo users access is because they're going to release mobile mixing. I'm like, I'm part of the beta right now. Um, and it's already like, it's, it's already pretty slick. And like the whole idea is like, you just like press mix on your phone and it mixes. Right. Um, which will, you know, be a lot, be a lot of use to a lot of people. Um, and it does, there is a trust model there where you're, you're trusting Samurai to a degree. Um, I mean, if you're not using Dojo, you're trusting them completely. You might not be giving them your IP address if you use Tor, but you're still trusting them uh, with like the on-chain data. But at least you're protecting yourself from everyone else. Um, and those light users will provide more liquidity to the whole system. Um, and then last but not least, the argument, uh, which I pretty much agree with now is Samurai's argument, um, is that the trust model, even if you're using Dojo, shouldn't be like if you're trying to protect if, if Samurai is a bad actor, like it's probably, you know, not going to help you anyway. Um, and that's because at least in a low minor fee environment, um, the main cost to Sybil the mixes is the Samurai fee. The right? first TX0 fee. Right. right. Samurai doesn't have to pay that fee if they want to sibyl the mixes. Wasabi doesn't have to pay that fee if they want to sibyl the mixes, right? Because they're just paying it to themselves. Um, the <coughs> but you would st- they would still have to make they may not technically pay for it, but they still have to make a fee transaction, right, to make it look to like, themselves. Yeah, but they would just be paying themselves, and because yeah. minor fees are so low, it would be negligible cost for them to do it, and especially in like five person mixes, right? You could sibyl those um, for minimal cost, at least. Mm-hmm. So, like, the threat model really shouldn't be, um, you know, it, with, with Dojo only or with non-Dojo, it's probably pretty much the same threat model for the Dojo users. Because it is a lot easier to pull X-Pubs than it is to, so we're, presumably. So we're back to trusting? Samurai? No, I think everyone should use Dojo, but I think like there there is um, like if either coordinator team wants to be malicious malicious here, I think like they they could probably glean at least a, you know a, a good chunk of information uh, just because they could sibyl the mixes, right? Like that's the main um, concern with all these schemes is sibling the mixes. Uh, I mean, and even. At these low volumes, like an outside actor can sibyl the mixes. Yeah, it's true. Right? Um, dude, that's why you need more liquidity. That's why Plus Token accidentally sibyl the mixes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, idiots. Just from like poor practice. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why liquidity going up is important. And I mean, like, so keep in mind here, 
liquidity helps a lot in this situation, right? Because if you have, even if they're trying to sibyl the mixes, if you get in a couple mixes in there where they're not, they don't have enough parties, then that's why remixing is so important. Um, and that's why things like pay join and stuff, um, and also like person to person coin joins. So like with Samurai, they have the tools afterwards where you can do a coin join either with the recipient um, or with like just a friend. Uh, and if you do those, Samurai's not a party to those transactions, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when you mix and match the different tools, you can get, get some more better assurances, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm fucking. I'm really bullish on Whirlpool right now. I'm sure all the listeners have figured that out. <laughs> uh, I just I think that the simplicity of it uh, makes it m way more reasonable for most people to use. Yeah. Uh, like I was like thinking through. Like, you could have a situation, um, I mean, look, ideally, it's always better to buy with cash, buy no KYC, like, if you possibly can, if you can earn without KYC, like, that's always better, uh, but most people, if you're going to get a large, if you're trying to buy a large amount of Bitcoin, or, like, trying to dollar cost average, you know, a decent amount of Bitcoin, um, you're going to have to go through KYC, and if you go through KYC... Samurai could be part of that flow uh, where you minimize at least the amount of data that these companies have. You know, you could, I was thinking the other day, like you could have a service like uh, Get Bitter or something. Um, and then, or like Bull Bitcoin, you have like a dedicated XPUB that you have a dedicated Samurai wallet that's just your onboarding wallet, right? And you give the premix XPUB to Get Bitter. And, and then every time it DCAs, it goes into the premix. And the fee paid. Is the TX zero fee? No, 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 no. I'm not even going that far. Like that would take more samurai. Uh, that would have to be like an actual partnership. But you could just give them the premix XPUB, right? To get bitter and get bitter can generate a new address every time. Just automatically deposit it into your samurai wallet, and you press mix. Then the opposite side, you have the post mix tools, and that's um, and get bitter can't see the the post mix XPUB. They can only see the premix XPUB. Yeah. So get bitter can't follow it. The user is just doing very basic uh, UX. The UX flow is a lot. That's a huge improvement. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are uh, what are your thoughts on wasabi these days? I still think uh, you know I'm not I'm not of the type that you know says that wasabi is like completely broken. Um, I'm just I'm frustrated with a lot of the decisions they've been making lately, um, and I just think Samurai is a better tool now. Um, I think, you know, with Wasabi, the big thing is you got to definitely remix. Um, and the UX doesn't incentivize that at all. <laughs> like even like their default and onset, which like my issues with Wasabi is like. Is I shouldn't have to when I'm ex like trying to get how to teach people how to use it, tell them like three things they need to change. And like, or keep in mind before they use the software, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, I have to tell them to increase the the default and onset so it remixes. Uh, alone, the fees are already just you know making it so people are less likely to do it. Um, and then when you go to the manual coin control, which I really like the whole labeling that they have there, um, looks like Samurai should add something similar to that. Uh, they do have labeling, but it's a little bit more difficult to use. Uh, they would have a select all button that you should never click. Why? There's no situation where anyone should click the select all button and combine all their transactions. 
Um, so when you when you have those two things together, and I just re- I just really like the whirlpool transaction zero setup where it's just uh, like the fee. daisy chains of coin joins. I just it seems like a better setup, but I don't I like I still like have a lot of respect for the Wasabi guys, and I yeah it seems like they're they're working to improve it um, pretty intently, and they're actually got a good uh, good um, campaign going on right now because Bitcoin Core uh, and Wasabi Wallet are. They don't get past antivirus software. That's what I'm saying. Is that like a good campaign? That seems like a waste of time to me. Is it? Well, I, well, for Wasabi, maybe. But for Bitcoin Core, no, I don't think. I mean, do we really care about stuff that's running on Windows with like antivirus software installed? Because like that's what the campaign is for. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's it just a, seems like a waste of time. Yeah, we'll see. Like, should you... I don't really think anyone should probably be using Wasabi on Windows, right? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Like how, what is it? We're talking about like how private software is and then, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, but then you, you do have that same issue with Samurai, like using it on Android, right? So there's like all these different trust models to keep in mind. I like that there's, that there's two options. Um, and obviously the main advantage on Wasabi is you don't need an Android phone, but I think you just buy, you per, you know, just buy an Android phone just for, you want to go like super, super hardcore. You buy a pixel and you install graphene on it and then you run, run Whirlpool on that. Yeah. That plus Dojo, if you do like a Ronin Dojo, uh, Raspberry Pi kit, that's like, what, another $200? Um, and then, so 200 plus 300 is like $500, and you get like a pretty great setup that like friends can pair to if they want to use it. Yeah. Be aware of the trade-offs. Be aware of the nuance. Is this something we're trying? I mean, you keep up with this more than I do, um, but... It seems like it's the coin join space is evolving in the right direction, but at a, a very quick pace. I also don't like that the Wasabi guys put their fees. They they still have the fixed fee address. The fee, I fixed that. fee addresses. That one's the biggest, pissing me off. That's like the biggest uh, fucking like crazy. And then they take their fixed fee. They take the money they get in the fixed fee, and then they put it into the mix. And then every user is paying per the anon set. So they're paying for the amount of people, and so you pay for them to remix their fixed fee bullshit. Interesting. Did Ridiculous. Did not realize that. Yeah. I think if they fix that, it's a lot better, because it's a lot of taint, that fee address. Yeah. <coughs> Low-hanging fruit. Frustration. Low-hanging fruit. Away from Bitcoin, back to the, the scary world of tech security. Apple, not as safe as you think it is. The FBI was able to use a hacking device called a gray key to get in and draw data from an Apple iPhone 11 Pro Max, which was owned by Barris Ali Koch. Which is the newest one. Yes, it's the newest model. Um, and the FBI is still uh, begging Apple to let them... Well, no, so what they're using is... So the point is, is that the Pensacola, Florida shooting that happened at the military base, they got an iPhone in that... Yes. And it's, they got two iPhones, and they're older iPhones. And the older iPhones have known vul- vulnerabilities to get in them. We already knew that the FBI could get into the older ones. Um, but they, if they can get into the newest one, they definitely can get into the older ones. Yes. Uh, and, but they still want Apple to give them the back, a back door into it just because... They're posturing like they don't have it. They're, it's like a classic use of like you use a terrorist attack to try and permanently encroach on everyone's freedoms. Patriot. Um, and I think like the freaks understand like with encryption, you can't, there's no such thing as a safe backdoor. 
Um, because if one person can get into it, then it'll either leak or be intentionally shared or someone will figure it out and other people can get into it. No one's private in that situation. So in order for the, the good people to be private, like everyone needs to have that privacy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's scary, man. We're taught that Apple's the creme de la creme of modern day privacy tech. That was our huge ad campaign recently. Was, well, uh, I, th- you know, I think, uh, I am ex- I, I am extremely suspicious skeptical. of that whole positioning. Yeah, uh, they're just trying to like lure people into complacency. But then also like at the same time, um, we don't know certain details about which phones they can get into or not. Like I wonder if they could get into an iPhone that had like the the newest iPhone that had uh, the ten ten tries it wipes option enabled, which isn't enabled by default. Curiously, right? And like instead of a pin, like a long ass password, like a thirty digit password. Like I wonder if they could get into that iPhone. I think I think you should assume they probably can. Um, Apple immediately handed over all the iCloud data, so keep that in mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you're using like the face recognition stuff too, you're fucked already. If they get your phone, they no, just... yeah, they can just or fingerprint. They, yeah. yeah, that's not constitutionally protected. Yeah, only pin or password is, and obviously password's way better. Um, I mean, but kudos to Apple. They do have. Uh, they put the feature on their phones before they put it on like at least the Samsungs and stuff. The feature that the automatically wipe. turns off the biometric. Mm-hmm. So like if you have biometric and you get like pulled over by police or something, you can like press the two buttons together and it makes the password have to be entered. Yeah. Um, so like little things like that, but then at the same time, it's closed source, biggest company in America, probably complicit in all this shit. Are they bigger than Amazon? Um, but then, you know, maybe like, so what's your threat model? Like if you don't care about the U.S. government spy on you, which I think you should, everyone should, but if you don't, like maybe Apple's a good privacy purchase, right? Yeah. Um, but really, I'm really excited about graphene right now on Android. And I have, have to, I'm going to pick up a pixel and I'm going to... Graphene? Gra- yeah, it's like a special OS that's privacy focused. Okay. Doesn't have like any Google services or anything on it. Boss. So you like buy a pixel for 300 bucks and then you load it up. Yeah. Similar to tails or something like that. Well, tails is not persistent. So tails isn't supposed to like, remember where you left off. It's just supposed to wipe. All right. Um, this is more like a daily driver. I'd be like installing, uh, like Ubuntu on your, on your computer or something. Yeah. Um, so be aware, be aware, Apple, uh, the feds might be able to get into your shit if you don't have good passwords and wiping uh, practices. No, and I'm just pissed off that they just keep... It's like this whole encryption backdoor thing, they're just going to keep trying forever. Yeah, I mean... Like, the encryption war has never ended. William Barr, um, the attorney general, came out months ago and said he wants backdoors. Yeah. Like, and he's been jumping on it with this new case a lot recently. Don't let it happen, freaks. Stand up and fight for your rights. Speaking of that, this is on the list either. You see what's going on in Virginia? I saw like a clip of a sheriff. Yeah, a sheriff. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that was in North Carolina. A sheriff from North Carolina saying that they would uh, be a sanctuary city for any "quote unquote" Virginia felons who wanted to come exercise their Second Amendment rights in in North Carolina. Wait, but so did Virginia ban guns or something? They're trying to, and so there's a huge uh, march this weekend, I believe, by gun gun owners on the Capitol, and uh, the governor has issued a state of emergency based off of. Uh, 
uh, insights that people want to do nefarious things at this get together. Um, but yeah, Virginia, there's a battle for the second amendment going on right now. If you freaks aren't aware, I think it's something that should be, that you should be paying attention to. There are local townships throughout uh, Virginia vying to be sanctuary cities and will not uh, institute the laws put in place by the governor uh, and the state government and they're forming local this is a different state. No, no, this is all Virginia. Oh, oh okay. okay. You, the video you're referencing was a sheriff in North Carolina. Yes. They yes. was just ta- talking on the topic. Yes. But, but there's mm-hmm. actual cities in Virginia that say that they're not going to honor it. Yes. Oh, okay. And they're, the sheriffs are, uh, are like appointing deputies, like citizen deputies, basically starting small militias. Oh, wow. I have to, um, I've been kind of out of it because of all the travel. So yeah, it's um, an interesting, so be on the lookout for that. Protect your rights. Kind of protect your rights. rights. While we're speaking of that, uh, the people at coin center who are in DC, uh, fighting on behalf of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Is that what they'll have us believe? Uh, they are, um, coin center's great. Yeah. Coin center's great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I go back and forth. I think, you know, it doesn't matter if they get shitcoin funding and they're protecting shitcoins, like it protects Bitcoin with a buffer zone. They're like building, they're building a moat, you know, like part of the reason why. I just worry that they slip in something that is, isn't good and they're seen as the, the uh, authority on cryptocurrency. I mean, when they do, the then, you know, then you slay them. But yeah. like at this point, like I, like this is. This is good. And like the talking. privacy coin stuff is good too. Yeah. And like they. If, if like Ethereum is such an easier regulatory target, right? So if they're like protecting Ethereum, it like protects Bitcoin by default. And at worst comes worse, if they fail protecting it, then like Ethereum goes down. Hey, we're just, we're just, we're just exploring. The, and I think the privacy coin protection shit is good, even yeah. though they're heavily funded by no, Zcash. No, the cash protection. Zcash is fucking uh, ridiculous. I was just being devil's advocate here. Okay. I this like, is a big one. This is a big one. Well, this is something they've been trying to do for years. Uh, they've, they've, uh, put this forward a couple years ago or three years ago, I believe the virtual currency fairness act. Now it's of 2020 since it's the year 2020. Um, basically it's, uh, attempting to create a sensible de minimis, de minimis, uh, exemption for low value cryptocurrency transactions. Uh, $200. Use. It's 200. The last time it, it was 600. Yeah. So if you, yeah, and it didn't get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so this is, it's bipartisan bill. And it's if you make a purchase under two hundred dollars, uh, it's not a taxable it's tax event. Exempt. Yeah, and I think that's like super important. That's one of the main reasons that, and everyone ignores it. One of the main reasons, um, merchant adoption, like the whole spend and replace idea, doesn't make sense, sense. from a tax perspective. Yeah, I, and not even just paying the tax, like having to, like tabulate two dollar purchases and stuff. Yeah. Um. So hopefully this goes through. Um. We'll see. I mean, again, this is like one of the big taboo topics that nobody likes to talk about, like yeah. taxes and, and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Cause, and again, and it's not taboo because people want to hide from the IRS or the government, which I'm sure there are some that want to. It's taboo because it's like, what the fuck do we do? Like, can you give us some clarity, please? That was one of the things that pissed me off that Coin Center did was they were trying to, I think they're currently trying to, uh, deal with like proof of stake income and that's just a complete distraction but you know i'm who am i to tell them i i've given them some donations but definitely not funding coin center i'm not a major funder of coin center so i'm not going to tell them how to 
do their shit. They overwhelmingly do good shit. Yes. yes. Very, very grateful for having them. I just wanted to be clear that there are some Bitcoiners out there who don't like. There's there's a lot of Bitcoiners that don't like Coin Center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This piece was written by Naraj. I'm a big fan of Naraj. Uh, Love the work that they're doing. Did you see what he tweeted out today? No. He's like, don't rat me out to the at Coin Center account. I run that one too. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, you're snitching on him. He's, he's getting all the snitches. Um, last topic, pretty important topic. Uh, yesterday, Peter Wool officially moved the ball forward on BIP Schnorr, BIP Taproot, and BIP Tap Script, uh, basically saying... Uh, creating an official PR to say, hey, we should start officially reviewing this seriously. And I think also, I can't say this with complete certainty, but I believe this is the step in which the BIPs will get official numbers. And then the actual numbers. They get the numbers and it becomes more legitimate and the conversation gets raised a little bit and the prospect of these uh, uh, PRs getting merged uh, increases a little bit. So, And this uh, is on like the tail end of probably one of the most participated in review processes. Yeah. Uh, pre bit. Right? Thank God they did the review process. They found some, they found something wrong with back 32. It was pretty crazy. How many developers were involved in that? It was right? like 240, I believe. Oh, I thought it was even more than that. Might've been more. I thought it was like a thousand or no, 2000. The stat you're referencing is last year, there were 824 core contributors to the code base, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I just got it off by magnitude. That's how bullish I am, guys. I just <laughs> multiply everything. Yeah. So this is yeah. This is this has been actually like, uh, 2020. I tweeted it uh, this morning. It's been the Bitcoin development has been like a bat out of hell this year. So Matt Corral. 2020. Yeah. It's like the last 17 days. Yeah, the last 17 days. <laughs> okay. Like, um, we we have what Peter put on the the like the. We have what Peter did yesterday, presenting uh, Bip Schnorr, Bip Tap, Bip Tap script for official numbers. Earlier this week, we had Matt Corallo, uh, or it was late last week after we recorded uh, Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt Corallo came out and uh, posted to the Bitcoin dev mailing list a uh, potential activation path for his um, consensus cleanup uh, PR that he wants to get right. merged. The great cleanup. Yeah, the great consensus cleanup. There's some contention there. Jeremy Rubin. Uh, brought up some good points interesting uh first for certain things that he wants to get merged in that pr in particular matt um but yeah no it seems like the ball is getting pushed forward on a lot of things that we've wanted to get uh implemented into bitcoin do you think this is like the new year's re- resolution effect uh what do you mean like we want to be productive like everyone it's, it's just like how everyone says they're going to go to the gym all the time it's like uh the, the both of these things the people have been working on them for a, a while now Right. And it's like New Year's happens. It's like, OK, time to get the ball rolling. You know, we're yeah. going to take the next step. I think it's coincidence. Right. Because the I review, the review session just ended what in the end of November. Um, New Year's resolution effect. Yeah. Hey, fine by me. Fine by me too. go to the gym freaks. Yeah. So shout out to uh, shout out to Sipa to Peter Willa for putting a uh, moving the ball forward on this. And if you are a developer, a business owner, or a Bitcoin user who will be affected if these things get merged, you should definitely research them, understand how they will affect Bitcoin and affect your Bitcoin experience. And I meet, I met Peter for the first time ever. At BitDevs? At BitDevs yeah. uh, last week. Yeah. yeah. That's that crazy. Week. I was, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's so humble. That very, was a fucking insane BitDevs. Talk about being humble. He's a very humble guy. That was a fucking insane BitDevs. Yeah. 
We're not like allowed to talk about BitDevs, right? We got to be careful about it. Yeah, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about who was there personally, but I believe people were that one. About that one leaked out, so I didn't feel bad about it. But I'm not going to say anything else. But that BitDevs meetup is <sighs> creme de la creme. Yeah, it's something special. That that hundredth Socratic meetup particularly was special. When I was in, oh, that was like ultimate. That was like that was like a security risk for Bitcoin in that room. <laughs> it really uh, was. You know what I appreciate about NYU? They have no cameras in the room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to NYU. And they um, don't KYC us when we walk in the door. No, I've, they don't. Um, shout out to NYU has been hosting BitDevs uh, since they moved out of, uh, where were we before this? It was a co-working space. Yeah, or I whatever. forgot what it was called. Wherever it was. The uh, nice thing about that place is you could have beer when you were there. Yeah. Not not so much at NYU. NYU so is a is a academic institution. <laughs> but they don't KYC <laughs> us, and there's no the other place did like like KYC. Yes, and there's no cameras. Which yeah, is they nice. made us give our email address at the last one. Yeah. Like, Why do you need this? Don't, I don't want to come work at your co working space. But uh, I saw you did a shout out to your uh, with DePaul. Yeah, DePaul. DePaul. Do, do you have someone in Chicago that's going to host it? Uh, well, Chris Stewart uh, from oh, Short right, Awesome. Yeah, so I met he, Chris. Yeah, so Chris. Oh, was shit. in town. Yeah, we just, yeah. Okay, um, continue. And so Chris, for you freaks that don't know, he's uh, the founder of Shortbits, which is working uh, to make lightning apps for enterprise users, I believe. That is their goal and their mission. Uh, Chris, incredible Bitcoiner, uh, lives in Chicago now and is running the BitDevs meetup there and is looking for a space uh, where BitDevs can be held consistently uh, in Chicago and just the experience we've had at NYU here in New York, like uh, as you, some of you freaks may know, I went to DePaul University in Chicago, which is in the heart of the city. So yeah, I got on Twitter to sort of light the fire under the ass of DePaul, uh, DePaul students and faculty to to house uh, bit devs in Chicago and I foster chuck- an incredible technology. I chuckled to myself and then clicked retweet. <laughs> um, when I was in San Francisco, I was talking to so many people, like Bitcoiners or whatever that I met with, uh, I was like, did you go to the San Francisco BitDevs? And they were like, no, I'm like too overwhelmed. Like I'm not developer, like I can't handle it. I was like, motherfucker, you just go and you just sit there and it's just like, you just hope some of it comes in through osmosis. Like, yeah, there's only like 5% of the people in that room that understand everything that's being said. If that, yeah, Yeah, I think it's like only the people in the front of the room would truly understand everything. But yeah, no, I definitely don't like every, like you said, you learn via osmosis. I've learned the most about Bitcoin by going to these, just sitting there. That's why we have an unfair advantage. Yeah, it really, it is like, and actually, uh, I looked at my notes before I went to a hundred Socratic meetup. My first bit does was January 12th, 2015. Insane, impressive. Yeah, that was the one where you you fucked up the the clock. The clock. Yeah, yeah. Peter Todd, forgive me for being an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all we got. This is, we're coming in on an hour here. We got anything uh, to riff on here? Um, I always i have, I have a million things to talk about, but whenever you ask me if I have something to riff on, I don't have something to riff on. <sighs> I'm trying to think if I do either. Um. Oh, when I talked about on Monday, the uh, macro Fed talk here, we're going to know on that. The Fed, if you guys listened to my episode with Parker Lewis a few weeks ago where we talked about the repo operations in that episode, uh, basically everything that's come out since September 15th, we've come to find that uh, the liquidity crunch is being, at least the BIS said, the liquidity crunch is being driven by hedge funds that need 
liquidity uh, for their margin positions. Uh, and during that episode of Parker, I was like, so are these hedge funds going straight to the Fed window and getting access to the Fed window directly? Or like, or is there some mechanism between them? And there, Parker assured me that there was a primary dealer between the Fed and the hedge funds acting as a buffer. Uh, earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal, Monday morning, came out with what seems to be a uh, exploratory uh, piece uh, to gauge public perception uh, about a change that the Fed could make that would give hedge funds direct access to the window, which would be insane. So the Fed, if this, if they actually cut out the primary just dealers, like cut out the middleman. Well, they make they would essentially just make the hedge fund a primary dealer and cut out the middleman. But like, yeah, so the Fed would be the last, the lender of last resort for hedge funds running margin positions in the markets. And the conspiracy theory is not really conspiracy anymore. It's turning into conspiracy fact that the Fed is propping up markets is going to be hard to deny if that is the case, if they do actually execute that tool. So, But isn't again, it obvious they're propping up markets? Does it matter if they're propping up markets? I mean... Is it that it's just the margin's super risky, so it's more likely that... It's all perception. It's all con game. Like, you're, yeah. like and the perception's getting worse by the day, I think. You just got to find safety in sats. Find sanity in sats. That's like, this I is, saw that. I, I chuckled at that one, too. I it's like insane. It. These policies are insane. Bitcoin is sane. It's san. It's sanity. Find sanity in sats. Like, you can verify. But I'm not implying you're crazy. No, I might be crazy. If you're telling someone to find sanity yeah, well, from the crazy world that we live yeah, in. Yeah, find sanity. The the traditional financial system run I by the it, Fed. I dig it. It's insane. Find sanity in sats. I guess we'll end it there. Cheers, freaks. Stay humble, stack sats. Oh, I thought you were going to miss it. Peace and love.